In old school games, life is cheap. In old school games, life is cheap. Don't be a dope, bring a torch or a rope, or you might go down in a heap. You might go down in a heap. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Down in a Heap podcast. I'm your host Rob, podcasting to you from steamy northeast Minneapolis. Still beautiful. But whew, there's some heat waves going on here. It's too early for this. It's, there's no spring. It just went <laughs> went from winter to summer. Ugh. Yeah, anyway. Um, and I still haven't been able to get back into Discord. It's crazy. Uh, I can't find my password. I tried logging on or, you know, saying, forgot my password. And it <clears throat> sent me to these various photo things you have to select to prove you're not a robot and apparently I'm a robot because I can't get past this roadblock I even tried setting up a new discord uh you know handle or whatever a discord account and the same thing happened so I don't know if it's my phone is flaking out uh, because I had trouble with kickstarter there for a minute too um or if I'm just a complete um failure (laughs) well i know i'm pretty much a complete failure with technology so it's almost certainly operator error but for whatever reason i can't get back on discord yet it will still notify me when i'm flagged on there someone when when i'm sent a private message and i think when someone actually like calls me out or something i get a a little notification but I i can't actually get on to get the messages or to um, see what people were calling me out about. So I apologize for that. It's, it kind of looks like maybe I've got potentially some messages from Menion, also known as Rob from the confessions of a wee timorous bushy podcast, and maybe some from Jason. Jason also sent some just to my anchor account. So I'm going to, that's what this episode's mainly going to be about is talking about that. Um, but uh, Minion, I'm sorry. Um, I'll, I'll keep trying to get back on Discord so I can do that. But if uh, if you could, if it's like an MP3 file or something, you can send it to my email account. That's bigbalboni at gmail.com. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe I can hear them that way. But I'll I'll keep trying to prove I'm not a robot. I'm not a robot. And I did it again. I forgot to thank the person who recorded a theme song, or my theme song, their version of my theme song, and that was John from Tale of the Manticore, doing his great version. So thanks so much, John. I appreciate it. And, yeah, there's one more day left in the Knaves 2nd Edition Kickstarter. So June 1st, last day. I just backed it this morning. I was, as I alluded to, I was kind of having trouble <clears throat> getting on Kickstarter too. So it, maybe it is my phone. I don't know. Anyway, I finally was able to complete that. I just got the the standard hardcover physical copy of the game. I got uh, the. They were offering the art that's on that uh, that book, the cover of the book, the Peter Mullen wraparound picture as a small poster. So I got that. And then I got the collection of, 
Adventures called Summer's End by Ben Milton um, as an add-on as well. That's, I think, 12 system agnostic uh, scenarios. Six of them are little dungeons, and six of them are one hex, uh, you know, like a wilderness hex detailed with uh, the various things going on in it. So that sounded pretty cool to me. I was thinking about getting the whole add-on package, which was a copy of Maze Rats, Summer's End, which I just described, and his adventure, uh, Waking a Willoughby Hall. But I have a sneaking suspicion after kind of reading the the blurb about that, that maybe Keith has that and was running it for us um, at one point, because we discovered this mansion um, that was haunted and I don't know, I just have a sneaking suspicion that might have been the adventure, so I just didn't get that, thinking I could always get a drive-thru or whatever, too, if I if it turns out that wasn't one that Keith owns and uh, has run and, and read and stuff, so anyway, that's what I went for for the Knave 2nd Edition Kickstarter if it sounds interesting at all to you, like I said, you got one day left. Uh, I think he's over 10,000 backers now, so very successful Kickstarter, so congratulations to Ben. That's great. The fulfillment looks like it's, well, it's, it lists December, and um, but I think the PDFs will be available much uh, sooner than that. It's the, the physical fulfillment, I think, is December, so I wouldn't be shocked if uh, uh, the... PDF fulfillment is right around the corner. Um, the cover from Maze Rats is really cool, too. I like the artwork on it. I almost added that on just for that, but I honestly don't think... I think it'd be very unlikely that I'd ever play Maze Rats as written. Um, I, I I really like the structure of the game, um, but I'm not... I'm just not sold on the magic system, and It'll, I think it's just this, exactly the same as the PDF I have of it, just, you know, reformatted and laid out for a zine kind of uh, setup. So, I don't know. I'll maybe regret not getting that, but uh, those were the decisions I made in the moment. But now we've got uh, some calls from Jason Connerly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. So, take it away, Jason. Tell me what you think share your <laughs> your thief hate let the poison flow through your veins embrace the dark side welcome to the penthouse Thunder. hey rob jason here great to hear you on the air again i yeah i'm glad that shadow dark did well and you know i'm glad nave seem nave 2 seems to be doing well N- neither one's really for me honestly but that's fine like you, I'm not a fan of inventory mixed with wounds. I'm okay as if you get wounded, you can carry less stuff. But actually having the, the abstraction of the wound, wounds and inventory slots isn't really something I'm in love with. I I can give or take classless. There are tons of classless games out there. We've had classless games, you know, since the late 70s, early 80s. So that's nothing new. Um, so, so I don't see... I, I don't get as much of a, a thrill out of that as you do just because there are so many other options out there that I already own for that. Um, and I'm already up to the end of this message. 
Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how the inventory system works with wounds and stuff uh, in Nave. One thing I really like in Cairn, or, and I think I've seen it elsewhere too, is that fatigue can take up inventory slots. And that makes more sense to me than wounds taking up inventory slots. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it's if it's like a buffer that adds, like you have... You can give up inventory slots in lieu of giving up hit points. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I'd, I'd have to play it to find out. What, what really gets me excited about the classless aspect is, yeah, there's, there's lots of classless fantasy adventure games out there. RuneQuest being the granddaddy and the whole lineage of the basic role-playing system. But I'm not familiar with many that are closely compatible with D&D that are kind of plug-and-play with D&D. Um, I mean, yeah, you can play RuneQuest and you can play Stormbringer or whatever, but you can't just grab your favorite D&D module and run it without rejiggering it for RuneQuest or Stormbringer or something. So it's not quite the same thing. Um, if I'm mistaken and there's all kinds of classless D&D like games out there that I'm just blanking on let me know but uh, let's go back to Jason now I think he's got something to say about mass battle systems let's see continue to talk about Nave uh, a mass battle system it, you know it's interesting over on the I know you're not able to get on discord at the moment but over on the clerics where ringmail discord they people were complaining about the new swords and wizardry because it didn't have it was moving into role playing instead of wargaming and they wanted more wargaming so the the mass battles you know simplified mass battles are going to appeal to some people and not appeal to other fans um but but that's why we have choice and all these different games so that's not a bad thing um the random tables yeah i like random tables i already have thousands of random tables and products i already own so that's not a selling point to me anymore because I think I have all the random, I have more random tables than I ever need. What I need to do is make a, a master compilation of the random tables I want to use and, and just do that with the things I already have. Yeah. I, I think, uh, having a, an involved system for mass battles could be really cool, uh, for, you know, like staging out some big set piece battles and stuff. Uh, you'd kind of almost, I think you'd need to know about it in advance, right? So that you could have, if you're using like counters or figures to represent troops and the battlefield and stuff, I think um, how I'm envisioning it is like an old counter and shit war game, Avalon Hill style or whatever. But even something that's a miniatures game, um, I think you'd really have to kind of know about it in advance to really... Um, to really uh, utilize your time well and stuff, so you'd have it all set up or all planned out and stuff. Um, otherwise, you'd spend so much time setting it up uh, that while that can be fun, that's where I think having something that's a more streamlined, abstract system could be very useful. And I don't know, you know... <laughs> You and Daniel and Taylor are always singing the praises of chainmail for virtually everything that I should I should uh, 
definitely on my next drive through purchase, I'm going to get chain mail, um, just so I can look it over and stuff. It, it sounds like it could be pretty cool and stuff, but if, if a game system has that incorporated into it already, I think that could be a big plus. Uh, into the Odd already has a really abstract um, system for handling larger battles, detachment kind of battles, and, and other abstract kind of downtime activities for uh, enterprises and stuff. And whether that would work well or not, I don't know. It wouldn't satisfy the simulationists for, for sure, uh, but it might actually be a pretty um, useful little thing to have in your back pocket to resolve these things that come up and not, um, not get bogged down. But, and yeah, random tables. Yeah. I've got a gazillion random tables too. Um, I'm always interested in seeing more and the idea that you have of consolidating them into one document or something, or laying them out on some kind of GM screen or something, I think would be really cool. Um, if you kind of cherry pick what you like and maybe, you know, if, if the table has some elements of the comic or gonzo or whatever you want, don't really want to have in your setting, you know, to, to rewrite them and put in some things instead of that to have to, in order for the tables to capture the feel of the setting you want, they're just, you know, in general, the random tables are just great kind of idea generators and and um, shorthands to adventure and stuff. So I, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what Ben has in in Nave Second Edition, and to have it in the same volume as the rules and stuff. I think it could be pretty cool. So anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, call number three. It, it is funny that you found, I, I understand that just somebody wanting to not like advantage, disadvantage mechanic and that being used as a universal thing, but it, it is kind of elegant and I like it f to some degree for the thieving stuff and what they've done there in Shadow Dark, mainly because it lets everybody do the a thieving ability, right? Even if they're doing a negative, it doesn't make those niche things so other characters can't do that. Mind you, I prefer OD&D without the thief. Um, and, I'm not, and I'm on the record as not being a huge fan of the thief class because it stops characters from doing what they could do before the thief existed. So having it advantage-disadvantage, even if non-thieves do it at disadvantage, still lets them do things they should be able to do and they could do before that first supplement to OD&D came onto the market. <laughs> yes, let the hatred flow through your veins. You know, <laughs> I love how Jason dislikes the thief um, and the Greyhawk supplement. It's just, uh, well, it was the worst thing to D&D &D until Unearth Arcana came around. <laughs> but really, um, I, I don't have a problem with the thief. I love the thief, uh, the whole idea of uh, the thief taking away the capabilities of other classes to do those things that they had beforehand. You know, uh, if you had a lockpick or a dagger, you could try and pick a lock or something. If you, anyone could try and move silently or hide or something. And um, I don't really see the, a difference between that kind of niche protection and um, the whole ration 
rationality of uh, of forbidding clerics from using a sword or a magic user from using a battle axe or I mean that's all niche protection too and a, a devout magic user with a holy symbol can't try and turn undead a fighter unfurling a scroll and reading it can't use that um, it's, it's all gamist niche protection and that's the same thing principle that the thief's operate operating under so i have zero problem with it i think the the more the outcome from adding the thief to me that probably uh did more was introducing more traps into the game to try and justify the the thief or give the thief character something to do and I'm not a huge fan of traps in general, so I don't use them in my games very often, which maybe makes the thief a little less important in my games. Um, it's not like I don't use traps at all, but in general I just think they um, are a time suck and bog the game down without really you know, <laughs> very often adding much to the fun of the game. And I think they're usually more of a downer than any adding any excitement or interesting tidbits to the game. I, do I think they should be eliminated? No, but I, I'm not a big fan of adventures that are just full of traps. Uh, yeah, advantage, disadvantage. Um, yeah, elegant, I guess, in that it is easy to implement, and it it does something uh, pretty pretty well, you know, but it, there's no granularity to it. I think it's lazy more than elegant to just... It would be like saying, essentially saying, yeah, anything that you have in the game that gives you an edge, you get plus four on the die roll. Anything that gives you a setback in the game, you get minus four on the die roll, and there's no other way to, to add granularity to the game. Um... I think that would be just as lazy as advantage and disadvantage. Um, I guess the one thing advantage and disadvantage does is still have the outlier where even though it's much less mathematically possible, it's still possible to roll ones and twenties for both things. Um, in games that don't have fumbles and criticals, that's not really all that meaningful, but, um, yeah, it's it's a way to approach things. I personally much would would much rather have a game with granularity, where if you are um, in a tactical situation and you are at long range and you hide behind some cover, that's going to make it even less likely to get hit by some enemy crossbowmen. But if all you're using is disadvantage, well, if you're at long range, you don't even need to bother going for cover because you're not getting anything better than disadvantage so um <laughs> it just doesn't make it much sense to me and of course a referee is not bound by just using those things but if if the game doesn't really list or or give the referee direction in that regard that oh you can just give pluses and minuses in addition or uh, in lieu of advantage-disadvantage, um, 
I don't know. I think it's just, yeah, lazy. And the, the main beef I have with the Thief and Shadow Dark, I mean, I, I don't like it, just advantage, but you don't get any better. A first level thief is the same as a tenth level thief. You just you both just get advantage on this stuff. So uh, I don't know. I suppose there's maybe the 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 random edges you get. Maybe there are things there where you get bonuses on your dexterity, which could which would make you better. And there's you know so that's kind of. Uh, you obliquely related to your level, but because it's random, there's no guarantee you'll get those types of things either. So, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like how the thief was drawn up in that game. Um, am I forgetting something? Probably. Let's go to his last call. Okay, last one. One thing I am 100% with you on is designer notes. I love designer notes. I wish every game included designer notes or an option. And, you know, with PDFs, because you can do layered PDFs, you can put designer notes in that if somebody doesn't want to see them, they don't even have to see them. It's just on a different layer of the PDF. The technology is there, so there's no reason not to include them, really. Um, and designer notes are a reason I would consider buying Nave too, but I, I just don't think it does anything I need that I don't already have in other games. Um, th this month in June, I'm going to be talking about old school games on my show. It's going to be all old school games all the time, so I'm looking forward to that. And if you haven't been on the um, Discord, you might not have seen, but we're talking about Clash of the Titans. So if you have any thoughts about Clash of the Titans, call it in to me, and I'll play your message. But that's coming up the end of this week, so get that message in. Yes, designer notes are great. I wish more designers would include them, and especially as you point out how in a PDF, it's not doing anything to increase production costs, or or like you said, you could have it in a different layer, so it's even not even visible unless you want to see them. Yeah, I, I think it would be valuable information, uh, in any game system and even adventures and stuff i think it would be interesting to see how the adventure came about you know did you use random tables to generate some of these things where what were you striving for here what what uh you know what thought processes came to create this unique magic item how did that come about how has it played out with your group if you've run this adventure for them and stuff and or just, yeah, talking about having, like, uh, adventure notes in an adventure, you know, describing, like, some of the highlights for when, when they run, ran the adventure for their group and stuff. I think that would be great. I'd love to see that. Um, I, yeah, like I said, in e-versions of adventures and, and, uh, and rule systems, there's really no reason not to include them. Um, but... <laughs> you hardly ever see them. Um, yeah, sorry I missed out on the Clash of the Titans thing. Jason has dropped that episode, go, so go check it out. I still need to listen to it, too. I, I do like that movie. I, I like all the like Harryhausen special effects and like Sinbad and Jason and the Argonauts and Clash of Titans and stuff like that. Um, I'll, uh, I'll watch it again here shortly and uh, 
either send you a message or or maybe give some impressions on my own show or something. So, uh, but I'll try and keep up if you do more movies and stuff. Um, speaking of movies, one thing I watched recently was a movie from 1971 called The Last Valley, starring Michael Caine and Omar Sharif. Uh, also has Nigel Davenport, Pear Oscarson, Arthur O'Connell. Um, so it's uh, directed by James Clavell, who did like Shogun and The Great Escape, to Serve with Love, Taipan. You know, he was a writer as well as a director and stuff. And this takes place in the Thirty Years' War, and that's the main reason I wanted to get it because I was just <laughs> it's a it's a subject of history that I find fascinating. Um, and there's I was just did like a Google search to see if there are any movies the Thirty Years' War, and this is one that came up, so I got it. And um, especially when I saw who you know some of the actors and stuff were, um, it's I think a, a really good movie. Uh, it's interesting in that it it uh, the it was shot on location in Tyrol in Austria. It's this bucolic uh, valley that has escaped the ravages of the war, the wars and the plague and stuff like that. And this mercenary company just kind of runs across it. And there's I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there are some combats that take place that are small action and the the topography of the valley comes into play a lot Uh, the actual action scenes the fight scenes are I think well done and very subdued and realistic Uh, it's just such a breath of fresh air to come across a movie like this when there's all this drivel to me out there with the with the superhero CGI crapola. I I just I'm so tired of that. Like the Hobbit movies and stuff and um <laughs> the the stuff that Legolas would do in those and and what the dwarves were doing in the river and the barrels and stuff. It was just it was like laughably ridiculous and well, that can be fun if you go in with the right mindset or whatever. Oh, I don't care. It's a, it's to me. It was. It's just infuriating. I, I just really intensely dislike that type of idiotic action. Um, <laughs> uh, so something like this, I thought was really good. There's. It's not just a war story or something. It's not just a, a war movie or something. There's a lot of uh, psychological. Uh, stuff that's going on there's a you know love story angle there's the whole idea of of the religious wars and stuff and how some of the characters are um just done with the hypocrisy and just beaten down and worn down and yet there's still zealots on both sides and um yeah i i i recommend this movie check it out if you're into like historical uh drama kind of movies um or if you're michael kane or an omar sharif or a james clavell fan definitely check it out let me know what you think and um that's it for this show so thanks to jason for giving me the impetus to do it with your calls uh and thanks for listening and sorry to Menion and to jason and anyone else that's 
excuse me, oh, <laughs> tried to leave me messages on Discord and my failure to um, to get them. So in future, until I do get back on Discord, uh, it would be a lot easier if you could somehow send them to my email address, and that's Big Balboni, B-I-G-B-A-L-B-O-N-I at gmail.com. So send them over that way. Or if you still are able to use the Anchor app or the Anchor whatever web browser version to send me a message, that'd be great too. So until I talk to you again, don't go down in a heap. Oh, just one more thing. Listen back to this uh, regarding the last valley. Um, one one of the things I really enjoyed about it was like is it's a character driven movie. It's uh, a lot of the characters have um, their own motivations and stuff, and are driven by them. And uh, there's a lot of little things going on in this valley that I think could provide a pretty interesting backdrop as like a, a layout for a, a village or something in a uh, like a D&D game or something. So I think it could provide a fair amount of fodder for for an adventure or a setting or something like that too. So I think that's valuable. Also, among the cast, John Hallam has a role. He is the guy that played Tyrion in Dragon Slayer, the kind of adversary uh, fighter, and uh, he <laughs> he's in that. Also, Brian Blessed, a very young Brian Blessed, has a small part. So, there you go. See ya.